Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Yes, indeed. And this morning, I am joined by Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota, helping you out with your lawn and garden questions today. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Denny. What a wonderful weekend for gardeners. Oh, I should say. Uh, we've been waiting for this for a long time, after, especially after this crazy weather we've had uh, this week. How did, did you uh, at your place uh, have any damage? I hope not. No, I I was lucky. I didn't have damage. We only had about three quarters of an inch of rain, much different from other locations. But I do think we're all happy to see the drought, hopefully in the past, because now I think we've had uh, rainfall. So I don't think there are any counties in Minnesota in a drought condition any longer. So that's good news. Yeah, that really is good news for sure. Um and, and and I would imagine that uh, given the lawns are really greening up now, and uh, some folks are totally believers in the no mow may uh, situation. Yes, yes, it's uh, it's really been interesting to hear how much um, marketing has been done with that. It's an easy thing to remember. Um, I have had kind of a no mow may in our uh, lawn because I do have a lot of flowering bulbs, uh, small bulbs that will bloom in the springtime. But, I, you know, if you don't have flowers in your lawn and all you have is grass and you don't mow it the whole month of May, you're, you're going to have to make some adjustments because it's... Um, the weather conditions are prime now for the grass to grow. It's going to grow several inches. And we do still stick to our rule of thumb that you don't cut off more than one-third of your lawn at a time. And that becomes a real challenge when it gets to be tall because you need to use a string trimmer or something else because our lawn mowers really are made to cut the grass too, almost too short, really. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and it, it and it's so much healthier for the uh, for the lawn too. I was uh, talking to my daughter uh, Tina the other day, and uh, she wanted to get her uh, window boxes planted, but she was concerned that uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the overnight lows might be too cold this coming week. And I said, well, I just looked at the forecast, and I said the coldest is going to be, and I'm looking at it right now. Uh, around 46 degrees. Now, she lives in the metro Twin Cities, so we're not talking about way out there in the outlying areas. So I that, that's not going to be an issue because basically the overnight lows are going to be around 50. 
Yes, and and 50 is certainly uh, a good temperature for a lot of plants, and including things like tomatoes and peppers, I think people will be fine with doing um, even their tropical plants now. Um, you know, if you're if you're really concerned, you could wait one more week to do it, but um, but I think most people will be just fine, especially in the metro area where it tends to be a little bit warmer. Just see, Mary, a text that just came in on the same topic, the temperature. What about, is it too cold for planting tomato plants this week? No, I think you'll be okay with that. Um, okay. You know, most of the soil temperatures we see now are 50s and 60s. And, you know, soil temperature is something we look at really closely when we are talking about crabgrass and germination of seeds. So we are in the prime time to put down the pre-emergence for crabgrass on your lawn. And, in fact, you know, in another few days, the seed will already germinate. So it's uh, if if temperatures continue to stay mild, and as you said, you can look at the week ahead, then we're pretty close to the end of May. And from the end of May on, we know that um, it, it will be consistently warm. So yeah, if you have your tomatoes, I think you're okay. Good. Let's grab a phone call, Mary. Let's see, Martha's calling in from Hanover, I believe, uh, this morning. Thank you, Martha. What is your question for Mary? Um, I've got a lot of grass and weeds growing in my landscape rock and my um, flower beds. What's the best way to get rid of grass, particularly that's growing in landscaping rock, when you have other plants growing in the landscaping rock that you want to save? Yeah, that's tough, Martha, because um, if it was nothing but weeds there, um, the easiest thing, especially when you have rock like that, it's really hard to pull up all of the the roots because the rock is in there. It's just very difficult. Uh, so without using a chemical control, it's it's really difficult. So you've got uh, hand weeding, of course, pulling uh, the weeds that are there. Uh, the other thing you could do is try covering them up. You could put a you know, a tarp on there, uh, any type of a covering that will exclude the light because that will then um, eliminate the growth on those weeds. But of course, you don't want to exclude water and oxygen to get to the roots of the plants that you do like. So that's a tough situation. I I guess I would really consider, um, do you need to renovate the whole area? Could you put a bushel basket over the plants that you like and then use a total kill herbicide like glyphosate or Roundup on the other weeds? Would that work? Um, but you might want to consider renovation depending on how bad the weeds are. All right, very good. Uh, Mary, let's do this. Let's take a break. Invite our listeners to join in uh, on the conversation. If you have a lawn or garden question, uh, you can send it in uh, either by call. If you want to call and chat with Mary, great. Or just send it uh, by text if that's easier. And it's the same number, 651-461-9226. Or just send it uh, by text if that's easier. And it's the same number, 651-461-9226. When we come back, we'll grab some text messages here on our Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. And speaking of Smart Garden, I wanted to talk to you 
about Malmberg's Garden Center. <laughs> and you've heard that name for so many years. Actually, since 1958, we're so proud to have them as, as part of our uh, Smart Garden show. A couple of locations, if you're not familiar, and I know uh, many of you have visited either the Blaine or Rogers locations. Great people, great experts, thousands of plants locally grown right there in your greenhouses, whether you're looking for uh, trees or shrubs maybe, uh, certainly annuals and perennials, and gardening supplies. Check them out for any gardening supplies you may need as well. And if you're looking for any kind of advice, you're going to get that expert advice in gardening right there at Malmberg's Garden Center. Again, two locations in Blaine and Rogers. And they have uh, great advice on helping new gardeners getting started. So if you want to jump in with both feet, more or less, uh, they're going to help you get started there at Malmberg's Garden Center. If you want to find out more, maybe exact locations, I'm going to give you a website, but I do urge you to check them out this weekend. I think we're going to head over there tomorrow. Malmberg's Garden Center, both in Blaine and Rogers. Here's the website, malmbergsinc.com. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on 830-WCCO. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. And as usual, Mary, we have callers, we have textures. I, I want to grab one text before we get to Richard and Linda. Uh, the question is, says, when I grow broccoli or cauliflower, I get these little white butterflies that lay eggs in the plants, which I believe turn into those green worms. Is there any organic product I can use that will deter those white butterflies? Thank you so much. Love the program. What do you think, Mary? Okay, I think we we may have lost Mary. Uh, we'll have to reconnect for sure and see what happens. So hang on. I want to alert Richard and Linda. Hang on. Don't go away. We're going to get those questions answered as soon as we uh, clear up these these technical difficulties. Uh, while we're waiting, I want to remind our listeners that after the Garden Show, especially for our newer listeners, as usual in the 9 o'clock hour, Andy Lindis will be joining us from uh, Lindis Construction. Any kind of a home improvement question we will uh, pick up on in the next hour here on CCO on our home improvement show. But in the meantime, uh, thanks for joining us here on our Smart Garden Show, again around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, this morning, Mary Meyer, uh, we hope, <laughs> will get back to us. Uh, Mary has been with the University of Minnesota for many years, uh, horticulturist there. And boy, she knows she knows the grasses. If you have any kind of a question about it, those lawns, we're going to talk about the uh, University of Minnesota website as as well. Uh, Dennis, let's take a break here and see if we can't connect it, if not, uh, again, uh, by phone if we have to. So we'll do – oh, good. Let's uh, let's bring Mary uh, back on with this high-tech stuff called the telephone. <laughs> Mary, are you with us? I hope so, Denny. Yeah, sorry. I All, all of a sudden I had no audio. So my – I don't know who's – for whose end the problem is on, but I hope you can hear me now. Yeah, we can hear you just fine. We can hear you. Are we uh, Speaking of phones, let's uh, let's help some uh, CCO listeners out via the phone. I think Richard 
is first up here calling from Wasika. Uh, thanks for hanging on, Richard. What is your question for Mary? My question is, we have a magnolia bush out in front, and I've never pruned it. And my understanding is is that uh, you prune those after they've bloomed in the spring. And mine, uh, look, it appears like ours is, uh, has bloomed. And uh, is now the good time to prune that? And, and, and how much pruning do I actually have to do? Well, you you really don't have to do any pruning on it, uh, Richard, unless there's some you perceive some problem that the um, you know the shrub is in in the way of the mailman coming or or something like that, because uh, magnolias don't require pruning. Uh, it's really uh, your personal preference if you think it's too large or too uh, in the way somewhere. But you don't have to prune them, but you are correct. This is the right time. Uh, the petals are falling now on magnolias, or or they will be in another week or two. So just as they're finishing flowering is the time to prune. All right. Thanks, Richard. Uh, I want to go back to a text, then we'll get Linda's call here uh, that we, uh, uh, when I asked, <laughs> I asked you and you were gone. Let me ask it again. Uh, the listener grows broccoli and cauliflower, gets these little white butterflies that lay eggs in the plants, which they believe turn into those green worms. The question is, is there any organic product they can use that will deter those white butterflies? Uh, the, the white This uh, listener is right. That is exactly what's happening. The white butterflies are the cabbage looper, and that is the worm that chews voraciously on cabbage, broccoli, uh, cauliflower, etc., um, the the best organic control might be what is called a row cover. It's actually a fine uh, gauze that you put over top of the plant, so it's an obstruction. You actually put a, a cover on top of them so that the, um, the butterflies cannot lay their eggs on the plants. So that is that's the first one that comes to mind. The second thing is is that I try to watch for those small caterpillars hatching out and then hand pick them off to actually physically remove them yourself. If you're vigilant and you just have a few plants, that um, that's a good way to go also. Oh, very good. Uh, let's grab a phone call from Linda in uh, St. Louis Park, I believe. Uh, Linda, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Mary? I have three armorillas, and they bloomed every year. This year, all I got was beautiful green foliage. And could you tell me maybe I should have get given them a certain amount of um, – Yeah, she's listening to her radio. You you got the question, I think, Mary. Yeah, what, what do you think? Um, probably – Probably it's not fertilizer, Linda. They probably need just a, a lot of light. So the most successful way you can do this in our climate is actually put the amaryllis outside Now in the summer. It doesn't have to be in the sun. In fact, it can be a, a shady, partially shady location. Some people actually bury the pots in the ground, and that's okay. You can leave them in the container. But put it outside where it will get a lot of light all summer. That'll store enough energy in the bulb that hopefully when you bring it in in the fall, you can let it go dormant for six weeks or so in a cooler basement. 
and then uh, bring it up in six or eight weeks after you start watering it again, it should flower around Christmas time. So a lot of light in the summer is helpful. This uh, texture, Mary, says, will a dandelion picker, the tool they say that you step on and pull up, will that same tool work to help remove wild violets that are taking over their lawn? They're looking for a natural method. Yes. um, Yeah. Well, yes and no. So um, the wild violet, I, I have a thousand of these in my backyard where, where I really have a no-mow yard. But um, it's a little bit harder with the violets because, yes, you can remove them. They have a, more of a surface root system, kind of a little stolen that grows along the ground. They're pretty easy to get up, but they shed a tremendous amount of seeds. So when they're starting to flower right now, they can shed seeds above and below ground. Yes, that's that's true. They shed seeds below ground as well as above ground. So they're an especially difficult thing to get rid of. I, I actually enjoy the wild uh, violets, but if that's not on your list for what you want to grow, uh, yes, the dandelion picker can, can be helpful. Uh, mowing them off regularly and then putting in some other plants that will compete with them, uh, ground covers that you like or shrubs that you like, and then using an organic mulch to cover up the violets uh, will help as well. All right, very good. Tell you what, let's do, Mary. Let's uh, let's take a break and have a look at that beautiful forecast here coming up here in a moment. We have about another half hour of the show to go on our Smart Garden Show. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Mary, by all means, you may phone it in or send a text if that's easier. 651-461-9226. We'll take this break, have a look at the forecast. Be back with more here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on A3OWCCO. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text. Again, here's the number if you're new to the show, either phone or text, 651-461-9226. All right, Mary, busy as usual. We've got uh, callers. We have texters. Let's see who is first. Uh, Brian is uh, calling in, I think, from Big Lake this morning to ask you a question. Thank you, Brian. What is your question for Mary? Good morning, Denny and Mary. Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I have a female dog who's ruining the lawn, and I've tried different things with foods and things in her water, and just looking for some advice on what I can do to help prevent uh, where she goes to the bathroom that uh, kills the grass. Oh, a tough, uh, a tough question, uh, Brian, that's for sure. So, you know, I, I don't have a dog, but I do have neighbors who have this same problem. I know sometimes they try to train the dog to go into a specific area. Other times they follow the dog around with a hose and water down the urine right after the dog uh, urinates. Um, some other people have a totally artificial area where they, or stones or something, where they try to uh, non plants, where they try to have the dogs use that area. It's a difficult situation. Um, the, the watering and trying to dilute the urine might be the simplest solution, but there really is no uh, easy answer. All 
All right. I will, uh, when given a chance, I will follow her around and definitely water it down. Thank you so much. All right, Brian. Good luck with that. Thank, thanks for the call. A texter, Mary, says, uh, my yard will be sodded this week. When should I fertilize and what do you recommend to use? Uh, I would not worry so much about the fertilizer. If you're having sod put down, you want to make sure that uh, you do consistently water it afterwards. Uh, We've got good soil moisture now, so this is a good time for the sod to go down. Cool weather conditions coming up are, are helpful for the root growth on that. But I'd be more concerned about watering, and I wouldn't be so concerned about the fertilizer. Fertilizer is not going to be a limiting factor to get those roots to grow. It's going to be cool temperatures and water, moisture uh, for good contact with the sod. I would think about fertilizing in the fall, but I wouldn't really worry about this uh, this spring. But the the big thing, is, as far as I recall, with the sod, new sod, is is uh, moisture, right? Yes, that's right. Moisture is one. correct, and you don't want it to sit in the rolls waiting somewhere. You want mm-hmm. to get it out and applied, and yes, then consistent moisture. Very good. Let's uh, get another phone call. This one comes from Bonnie in Cortland, I believe. Uh, Bonnie, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Mary? Well, thank you, first of all, for this wonderful service. I was given a hydrangea, and I'd like to plant it. I have a brown thumb. Oh, Bonnie, you probably don't have a brown thumb. Maybe just have not had the best experience. There are many different kinds of hydrangea, and most of the ones sold today are hardy that will live outdoors. Uh, Occasionally, we still see a florist's hydrangea, which is not necessarily one that will actually live through the winter in our climate, but but probably you got a hardy one. So I would say, yeah, full sun or light shade conditions, and uh, make sure it's well watered this first season, and I would not worry about pruning it. A lot of people worry about pruning their hydrangeas and actually end up cutting off the flowers. So most of the time, hydrangeas don't really need to be pruned. Mary, I I want to... Yes, indeed. Thanks, Bonnie. I uh, wanted to to, to mention, again, the University of Minnesota website, the Extension website, extension.umn.edu. Great uh, information, a source of great reference. The reason I wanted to bring that up, not only because it's a great website, is there a plant, this texter says, is there a plant identification app you can recommend? But I wanted to make sure that the, this person really is aware of that of that, uh, that source, extension.umn.edu. Yes. Right. Yes. So Julie Weissenhorn has worked hard to get our plant uh, app that's up there. It's it's not an app. It's right on the website and it's under the landscape section. So landscape design section and plant elements of design. And then you can click on that. You can put in the parameters that you want, uh, the site conditions that you have, and it will come up with a lot of choices and pictures as well. So it's a great um great feature to use on that website if you once you get into the extension.umn.edu website you can use that uh, search feature and you can put in um, shrubs for shade as well and look at all the articles we do write a newsletter that comes out uh, twice a month with timely articles and that's another good way to get on the the mailing list for that and then you can see the timely information on gardening 
Yeah, extension.umn.edu. Great website. Now, Sharon is calling in this morning from Eden Prairie, I believe. Thank you, Sharon. What is your question from Mary Meyer? Good morning. Love your love your program. Um, I dormant seed it last um, fall, and I think I was um, defeated by some birds picking the. But I have um, the grasses up about an inch. Now I did not do pre-emergent or anything for crabgrass or anything. Now can I strictly do fertilizer? being it's up about an inch? Uh, You could put on fertilizer, Sharon, but I kind of doubt that that is the limiting factor. What's limiting now is just warm conditions. We've had good moisture. So the temperatures are just getting nice now for seed germination. So it's good you didn't use the pre-emergent because that, of course, would kill your good seed as well as the crabgrass seed in the ground. But um, I, I wouldn't worry about fertilizer. And, and one inch, it's just getting going. You want it to be uh, a little bit taller. You can wait till it gets to be three inches and then just cut off one inch. Or better yet, if it's four inches, and then just cut off one inch. Uh, so do just a light trimming to begin with until the roots really get established. But I think the temperature will really help you. In the next couple of weeks, you'll really see it uh, thicken in. And the dormant seeding, putting it down last uh, November. So that seed is in the ground and ready to go. So I, th- I don't think you'll need fertilizer right now. Okay. Listener wants to know via text, does wrapping aluminum foil around the base of squash plants keep squash borers away? Yeah, hopefully that will work. <laughs> um, we can, Sometimes they can outsmart us, and you you got to use quite a bit of that. They do tend to like it right at the soil line there, the, the lower inch or two. Um, that, is, that is a good preventative method. Um, it's, that's a tough thing with the borers. Another strategy that's an organic one that I have tried is, um, to sow two crops of this, uh, squash. And so we sow in a regular time, like maybe right now, but after the first, uh, wave of these squash vine borers, the first, uh, life cycle, if you sow again, oh, around the 10th or so of June, maybe June 15th, you can have the seedlings. Those will come up after the adults have already gone through and laid their eggs. So sometimes you can um, outsmart them by having two uh, generations of your own plants coming on. But yes, if you watch closely uh, and then uh, cover the base, I've actually never done that myself, but it's a good strategy. Okay. This listener, Mary, like we talked earlier, is doing the no mow in May, but they're thinking at the end of the month now, how do I get my grass back to three inches? Do I raise the deck and bag the clippings? Yes, uh, you can do that. But that often is raising the deck on the mowers. The mower can't go high enough. That's our <laughs> problem. That's right. So you you if you've got a string trimmer or some other type of a trimmer that you can take off that top one third, that you, most mowers will not go up that high. So you've got to do something else. 
Uh, the other strategy would be once it gets as, as uh, high as your mower can go and taking off that third, that you cut it then and you don't wait. So, uh, so this no mow may might get us all into mowing our lawns less because we put the blade up as high as possible. And that is a good strategy. That, that's a good year-round strategy to just mow your lawn really high. That helps the pollinators as well as your grass. Yeah, it really does. It, it kind of yeah. keeps uh, the weeds away. I mean, more, more chances for the grass that's, to grow. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The listener, Mary, wants to know, can you use 10-10-10 fertilizer on hostas? If so, how much? Um, you can. Uh, hostas are really one of our wonderful Minnesota plants. They're really very tough. Uh, you could put fertilizer down right now in the spring. That's when there's the most root growth with hostas. And how much? I would read what the recommendations are on the bag for uh, distributing that. That will tell you the amount to use uh, per thousand or per hundred square feet. So you have to kind of figure out the size of your hosta bed. And then um, it, that will tell you the amount on the label itself. Here's a lawn that the bees will love. I'll just read it. I currently have a large grass lawn. What would I have to do to transition to a white clover lawn? Well, basically, you just put down the clover seed as long as it has good contact with soil. Uh, clover is white clover is very easy to grow in our climate, and you can buy the seed now at many garden centers. We'll have straight clover. There are many stores that have a bee lawn mix now, and clover is one of the main ingredients. It's required by law that what's in the seed mix be labeled on it and the germination uh, percentages also be labeled. So when you're buying seed, it's got to tell you what's in there. But overseeding with white clover right now and then watching for it to germinate and making sure that, again, if you cut it high, three inches, four inches, that will help the clover to grow. Excellent. Mary, hang on, please. We're going to take a quick break and uh, be back with more of our Smart Garden Show. Here again is our phone number. It's also our text number, 651. Hang on, please. We're going to take a quick break and uh, be back with more of our Smart Garden Show. Here again is our phone number. It's also our text number, 651-461-9226. Just a reminder, coming up next hour, we mentioned earlier that Andy Lindis will be answering your home improvement questions. He's going to bring along with him Jesse Treble from safebasements.com. So if you have any kind of a basement question, water in your basement, radon, things like that, Andy and Jesse will be fielding those questions coming along in the 9 o'clock hour. That's all straight ahead here. Uh, in the Twin Cities right now, beautiful day. We're heading to near 78 degrees right now. Fair skies, 66 on News Talk 830 WCCO. Daddy Long here, back again for Malmberg's Garden Center. So pleased to have Malmberg's join us here on our Smart Garden Show. And I know you've heard that name. That has been a CCO Land Company, believe it or not, since 1958. Two locations. You can stop by the Blaine location or the Rogers location from Malmberg's Garden Center. What are you going to find there? Thousands of plants. They're locally grown right there in their greenhouses. And if you're in the market for trees, maybe a few shrubs, uh, even annuals or perennials, certainly you're going to find them there. And gardening supplies. Good stuff is what you're going to find as far as gardening supplies. Only the good stuff at Malmberg Garden Center. 
Looking for advice? Answer questions? You bet. Expert advice in gardening. And if you're a new gardener, they're great at helping out new gardeners getting started. That's Malmberg's Garden Center. I'll give you a website, and then I'll mention the locations again. The website is Malmberg's Inc., Malmberg'sinc.com, Malmberg'sinc.com, or pay them a visit. Two locations for Malmberg's Garden Center, Blaine and Rogers, Minnesota. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show on CCO here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, uh, Mary Meyer is with us from the University of Minnesota. Mary, we always love to talk about, especially for new listeners that have joined the show, uh, is to pay a visit to the uh, University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum, the Arboretum on 41 and 5 here west of the Twin Cities. That is, uh, once you, I, I promise, once you get there, you'll always want to go back. It's so beautiful right now. Uh, the, I have to say, man, many people wait for the tulips in the springtime to visit. The tulips are just gorgeous this year. Uh, yellow is the color we're featuring with 40,000 tulips. Yes, yellow. It's a beautiful, hopeful color for spring. There's also 137 different kinds of daffodils. They are just gorgeous. Many times, you know, we have the daffodils first and the tulips come later. But with the growing season this year, both of these are just really at their peak now. This week, they're just gorgeous. The magnolias are blooming, and it's the May market weekend. So if you go this weekend, Saturday or Sunday, you'll see the May markets um, that are out for the month of May on the weekends. Now, you do still need to have reservations, but all times are open. Every half hour, you can register to go to the Arboretum. Members, of course, are free, but still do need a reservation. But um, pick a time, and you can enjoy the wonderful flowers and walk around the Arboretum. Just a gorgeous time to uh, see the Arboretum. Absolutely. What a wonderful place. Uh, let's see. All right. We've got to grab a call here before we run out of time. David is calling in from Mound, Minnesota, I do believe. David, you're on CCO with Mary. Yeah, thanks. Good morning. So we have a row of boxwood shrubs along our front porch, uh, north-facing area. And why do they keep dying after every winter? Um, for years, they did really well. And then they didn't come through the winter very well. Um, uh, last year, we tore them all up. We planted beautiful, fresh new ones, uh, and they looked great all last year. And then this summer, they're they're brown and drying out, and um, and not going to make it. Wondering what's going on with boxwoods. Oh, David, uh, I can certainly commensurate with you. Maybe Dennis can too, Denny can too, because he has grown boxwood. So I have, this is my 15th year to have a boxwood knot. Again, on the north side, which should be no the, the least problem for us in Minnesota. But I had to replace some of them. And this year I got the, all the replacements are brown. Um, I don't think they're dead, but I, you know, if I cut off the brown, it's going to be almost nothing there. We, we just have a challenging growing condition for boxwoods. And if we have cold winters, uh, wind and unprotected, in other words, if they're not covered up with snow totally, they can get that winter burn, which kills some of the, the foliage. As I said, the roots might be alive, but then we have to decide, do I want to wait for this plant to grow all over again? 
So if you've suffered repeated injury, I would say you might want to try a different shrub there rather than boxwood. You might want to try some of the spireas, even hydrangeas, that, uh, some of the shorter ones that uh, grow from the base each year. You might want to think about doing a totally different plant other than boxwoods. As much as I like them, they're still a challenge uh, because they can have the winter injury. And I lucked out this uh, season, uh, last season. I, uh, my, mine are looking really good, and I, I'm not sure if it's location or <laughs> just the luck of the draw, maybe. Uh, but they're they're looking pretty good. But they can be challenging, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. I know we're almost out of time, Mary. Uh, good morning, Mary. This texter says uh, they have a large yard out in Ramsey. Last weekend, they put down a large bag of contractor-grade grass seed. They wanted to get it in before the rain. Is there a weed and feed fertilizer, they say? Can I spread with the new grass seed, and when should I put it on? I have dandelions popping up all over. Now, can you use weed and feed when you're trying to plant grass seed? Well, you can if you use... um... You can use a granular or a liquid if it is just the um, products that will, like 2,4-D are traditional uh, weed killers that will kill broadleaf only and not grasses. So the post-emergence, when the plants are already up and growing, uh, their broadleaf weed killers uh, can be used. Um, and, and I would say if you have a significant amount of weeds, yes, you might want to consider uh, doing that. I, you know, I would kind of wait on this. I would let the, the grass seed get up and get, get established. If you couldn't wait until you're actually cutting the lawn, you need a significant amount of um, leaf on these on the weeds to take up this herbicide. So uh, even though you can see a little of those, I I would wait till you get a significant amount of leaf there that can take up the broadleaf herbicide. So you want to make sure it's a broadleaf herbicide because that's the one that won't kill uh, young grass. Mary, two minutes to go here. Let's see if we can't grab another text. Um, you mentioned tropicals, they said. Uh, if I have a bird of paradise plant to have out outside and bring it in the fall, can I keep it in the ground this summer or should it be in a pot? Bird of paradise. You know, I, I guess I would be have a tendency to leave it in the pot. And you could even bury the pot, you know, partially bury it so it doesn't dry out so much. But it's just easier if it stays in the pot. Then you don't have to worry about the root system uh, having difficulty putting that back in a pot again. Uh, I've never grown a bird of paradise. But, yes, once, once it stays consistently above uh, 50 degrees at night, um, you could try putting that outside. I would do maybe partial shade conditions or not really hot sun because you don't want it to totally dry out. Mary, we're just about out of time. Let us mention that University of Minnesota website, and uh, you're going to love uh, finding out all that information. Now, how do we get to, to the uh, U of M website? Yes, uh, extension.umn.edu, and then click on Yard and Garden. You can find answers to all of your garden questions there, uh, timing for vegetables, timing for pruning, uh, what plant to put in what place, lots of great information. Absolutely, and get to the Arboretum. Yes, enjoy the Arboretum. It's just beautiful now. Fantastic. Mary, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your expertise. We always love it. Thank you, Denny. I always enjoy talking about gardening.
Absolutely. Thanks again. Mary Meyer, she'll be back uh, here on CCO Radio for more Smart. And Mary Meyer from the uh, University of Minnesota on our Smart Garden Show. Get those home improvement questions ready. Now, coming up next hour, Andy Lindis will be joined by uh, SafeBasements.com guy Jesse Treble. Radon, wet basements, you may have a few of those this uh, this past week. Here on News Talk 830 WCC. Heading for near 78 today. Right now, fair skies. It's 66 here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.